0: This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to Mind, Body, Pause with Charlie Kale holistic living for you and your animals you found your happy place to nurture your connection to animals with enlightening information from the innovators who make their world a better place this is mind body pause on empower radio now here's your host fellow animal lover charlie kale
1: Hi hey there, and welcome to Mind Body Pause, holistic living for you and your animals. Thank you for being here. This is show number 12 Zombie Cats Take Over the World with Dana Fredsty. I'm Charlie Kale, mom to two dogs and three cats, broadcaster and reiki practitioner in San Francisco at Energy Healing for People and Pause. And we are laughing because Zombie Cats Take Over the World is definitely the most esoteric title I've had for a show yet. <laughs> Um, so you could find out more about me at charliekale.com. I do distant healings, in-person, animals, people. It's all there at charliekale.com. But we are in our safe place to honor animals where we will nurture our connection to them mentally, emotionally, physically and spiritually. So where do zombie cats fit in? (laughs) Zombies need love too, especially zombie cats. They fit in in pop culture where best-selling author Dana Fredstee makes sure that felines survive all apocalyptic zombie takeovers in all of her novels, her many novels. My guest is a former actress and Hollywood stuntwoman who is now a highly popular author in science fiction and dark fantasy genres. She co-wrote and co-produced the award-winning documentary on feral cats called urban rescuers she spent seven plus years volunteering at the cat house exotic breeding compounds feline conservation center north of la and she's been a foster mom and a foster fail for for various cat and kitten (laughs) rescues hi there dana fredste hi Charlie (laughs) (laughs) I love you Dana I love you too (laughs) so Dana is one of my dear dear friends who I actually met on nextdoor.com when somebody who a man who's in charge uh he and his wife are in charge of a kitten rescue here in San Francisco and he was um taught you know putting on next door uh, where the next adoption was and I popped on there and I asked if mm-hmm. you wanted a little publicity and he said uh talk talk to one of my fosters Dana yeah.
0: <laughs> that was <laughs> me and that and yep I remember that and I remember you coming over and meeting all of my furry little babies and drinking wine and it was a really nice time so and it hasn't stopped nope <laughs>
1: I don't know, was that four years ago or so? And or we've been doing like the same thing ever since. Yeah. So let's pop back to your Hollywood background.
0: Okay.
1: Um, <laughs> um, you've been a stunt woman, and I, I will say this this, that. Stunt women, stunt women are highly underappreciated for what they go through because there have been so many stunt men through history that stunt men are the ones now who consult on movies and they don't take into account a woman's, uh, you know, physicality. And so they map out a stunt as if a man were doing it, even when it's a woman. So it's even harder for stunt women.
0: Well, I, I want to say one thing right up front I was what you call a specialty player I did not fall off of tall buildings I did not set myself on fire my specialty and my training is in sword fighting and and combat of that sort um, and Oops, that was slightly, all. Gee, yeah, all. that was all um, <laughs> it, it, it's slightly different because um, it I know exactly what you mean when you're talking about the fact that they map out stunts for, for men instead of women. I mean, a long time ago, not that long ago, really, a lot of men did stunts that were doubling for female actors. Um, and things are definitely changing now. But yeah, I mean, like like just about every other, uh, a- a- any other, uh, sorry, my, my brain is just not giving me the words I want. I'm a great writer. I can think of words whenever <laughs> I need them. Um, There's just so many uh, jobs and vocations, everything that have been basically, you know, predominantly male for so long that it's a long, slow haul to get the equality going there and to get, you know, the stuff Mm. that's needed. But it is getting, I, I I am cautiously optimistic that it is getting better, so...
1: Well, I've seen some of your sword fights and you are an amazing stunt woman, even though yours is a specialty, it's, it's an amazing specialty. Um, so you have been on sets with animals
0: yes. and a lot of horses. Yeah. Yeah. On army of darkness, we had, uh... A lot of horses for the knights and for the the didites that were on horseback. And the nice thing about that is that all of the horses, most of them at least, were owned by the people who rode them. These were also specialty players. They were, you know, they specialized in in doing stunts on horseback and they were really, really particular about how their animals were treated. So that was really nice. And that's what I wanted to hear. That's so important.
1: When you watch a movie, uh, you know, my heart's like, Thumping out of its chest for the animals. I want to make sure that they're okay. And then you want to know that behind the scenes that they really are treated well.
0: Well, here's an esoteric one for you. On a low budget film that I worked on called Cause of Death, way, way years ago, um, we had one animal. There was there was a thing in the script where the bad guy threw a knife and killed a tarantula. And (gasps) so it's a happy ending. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> so, oh, you heard me gasp. <laughs> I did hear you gasp. And, and so we got a tarantula to show crawling along the wall. And then we're basically telling the executive producer and, and we're going, No, you can't actually kill this spider. So um my my then husband, uh, who was the producer on that movie, said, We're going to spend the money and build a stunt spider. And so they built, you know, a I can't even remember what it was made out of, but basically the spider was recreated in a non-living format and the spider went on to live a happy life with someone else who worked on the film. So Yay! There you go.
1: I love hearing those stories. Um, I, even though there are laws in effect about how you can treat animals, I do know for a fact that even with current movies, if there's enough money, they can get around those laws and sometimes animals are not treated well. But yeah. I know if there's a Dana on a movie set, those <laughs> animals are going to be treated well or
0: you'll stick your sword through them. And luckily, there's a lot of people like us out there. I do believe that. So yes.
1: so moving forward to your documentary film, Urban Rescuers, about feral cats. Tell yeah. me a little about that.
0: Uh, that was the brainchild of my friend Nikki Corda, who... Uh, was the uh, co-producer and the co-writer on that. And she basically got involved with the feral cat group or or became interested um, in what they were doing. This was, um, I think it was Alley Cat Allies in Los Angeles. And oh, yeah. they ran, yeah, they're a great group. And they oh, run yes. a, a TNR program. So this documentary basically, Followed them around. Um, We interviewed people like from Maddie's Fund up here in San Francisco and the then head of the San Francisco SPCA about their feral cat programs and their adoption programs. The main thrust of the documentary was to show that trap, neuter, and release is the only humane and effective way to control feral cat populations. Um, And it, it, it was a lot of fun to work on it was also a lot of work i mean you know we went out to w- with alley cats on their their rescues and put down traps and then would go back out and see if the traps had gotten any of the ferals we helped take them in to get the, the cats fixed um I'm, I'm really glad we did it because as you know it's a subject that's really near and dear to me so um you yeah. know and not- a
1: subject that that's misunderstood by a lot of people oh absolutely. Uh, a lot of yeah and i um, with the 100% TNR, trap, neuter, return is completely the way to go. We yeah. don't need more cats out in the world. So no. just, you know, having a big heart and feeding them
0: so then they can proliferate is horrible for, the, for everyone. Well, and also what people don't understand, they seem to think that by doing that, we're actually making more feral cats. But when, when people think that the idea is to capture them all and then kill them, <gasps> nature hates a vacuum, when they've done that, they have had other cats then come in, take over the feral cat colony, and just make more cats. Whereas if you are getting them fixed, you still have the dominant males who who basically keep the size down. Basically the, the colony shrinks by attrition naturally. You know, it's still rough for a cat in the wild, but the feral colonies have people feeding them. They they're taking care of things, so they're not, you know, killing the birds and doing whatever else it is that people freak out about that has nothing to do with reality. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> not that I have any strong opinion on this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're talking with bestselling author, Dana Fredstie. Find out more about all her books from science fiction to dark fantasy and more at Dana That's danafredst com. So something else you did with cats and I'm so envious. You volunteered at the Cat House, exotic oh, breeding yeah. compounds, feline conservation center in Rosamond, California, just north of LA.
0: Yeah. I, it, it's one of the most amazing experiences of my life. I used to, even when I moved up here, I used to go down at least once a month. I tried to go down more often. Uh, it, it was the most, it, it's the only breeding facility that's actually open to the public in the United States. It's one of the top breeding facilities in the world. They treat their animals like gold. I mean, everything there is for the animals. When I say that it's open to the public, I mean, you are th- three feet away in some cases from these gorgeous animals. They all have great enclosures. They have enrichments. If any of the visitors do anything that is going to upset a cat, they are asked to leave. They don't get a second chance. I mean, you you see someone... You, you, we have docents out there. It's one of the things I did. Um, you you go in there, you you rake out leopard poo and tiger poo and whatever, whatever kind of exotic healing <laughs> poop is out there. You prepare their meals. Um, it, it was just amazing. And then when the compound, the, the part that's the zoo is open, you go out and you talk to people if they want to talk to you. You keep an eye on things. You clean up out there. And it was just uh, I, like I said, I, I I can rhapsodize about this and I really, really miss it. I just cannot, I, I couldn't keep going down there. I just couldn't afford either the time or the money after a certain point. And, um, you know, but man, I, I've held baby leopards, the ones that were, mo- you know, not mother raised, the ones that were hand raised and, uh, you know, I could just sit here and go on like that. So if you want to ask me questions, why don't you do that? Or I'm just going <laughs> to go, oh, oh. So... But I'm sitting in there with you through this and, and
1: it's wonderful. Um, yeah, I have had a few wonderful experiences in my life. I had a, a baby tiger, a one month old baby tiger take a nap in my lap. And Aww. then I was able to go back when the tiger was five months old and he cuddled right back in my lap a um, uh-huh lot heavier <laughs> yep. but and i, I was like, a lot heavier but it was j- that energy yeah. when they are um nourished by society when they're uh, in by their environment when they're not um bored out of their skull and going mad pacing yep. back and forth in a in an enclosure in a zoo and i understand some zoos are trying to give them a good environment but yep. when it's a small environment like that you can feel it. You can tell when that poor tiger is just pacing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. That's not normal.
0: Yeah, that's why the San Diego Zoo and the Wild Animal Park are both fantastic examples of what every zoo should be because, you know, they they have those fantastic environments for them. I mean, and sadly, one of the things I learned at the compound, as much as we'd like to see them all free in the wild doing their thing, if that if we did not do what we were doing, if EFBC did not do what they were doing, these animals would die out. I mean, it, it, there's there's preservation programs going on in the wild, but, you know, between deforestation, between poachers, between just, you know, them losing their, their uh, their li- not their livelihoods, no,
1: not their livelihoods. It's in their habitat. And their losing- habitat,
0: their environment, due to the encroachment of man, I mean... Mm-hmm. It, it, it's kind of like it, it comes down to a choice. Yes, we need to do as much as we can to to enable them to stay in the wild, but we also need to have programs like they have at EFBC. I mean, I cannot say enough positive things about that place. It just it, it gave me so much understanding and respect for the people that are trying to save endangered species and are doing what they can and are really doing everything the right way. So
1: when I saw that in your bio, I immediately, you know, googled it and looked up the place and it looks like they have night tours, which look yep. like so much
0: fun. I used to do the, uh, the, um, emceeing for all of the twilight tours, um, up until 2016 when my mom died and I just could not, that was when I had to stop going down and it was so much fun. I mean, yeah, it, it fantastic. I, I would recommend that anyone who can do that should go. I mean, just, uh, the night tours are only for 18 and older because they open okay. up the back areas where there are not the, the kind of, uh, God, I am really just bombing on the words. The 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 borders, the the fences, and stuff like that. Barriers. The, I think that's the word I want. I just <laughs> need a thesaurus, like right in my brain, so I can just <laughs> hit the word that's almost there, and then. Don't uh, we all? Yeah. Yep. 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 So, but but yeah. If you ever get a chance to do a twilight tour, they are fantastic.
1: Well, so you've been emceeing these twilight tours since I've known
0: you, and you didn't invite me to go down with you. I think about the time that you got to know me that that was about the time I stopped because the very last one <laughs> of, of 2014 or 2015, I didn't do it because of book deadlines and because mom was really ill. And yeah, otherwise, otherwise just, yes, of course I would have, I would have <laughs> dragged you down to one. So, well,
1: I was so impressed with what I was seeing online when I was looking it up that I uh, Googled the directions. And unfortunately, it's a seven and a half hour drive from San Francisco without traffic. Yep, I know. <laughs> Made it many times. So. so that's why you don't do it anymore. It, seven it and was- a half hour one way with, with that's without traffic again. Um, yeah, that's that's that- a, That's a hike.
0: That and book deadlines and, and just the, the free, you know, sometimes you have too much time and not enough money. Sometimes you have enough money, but not enough time. And sometimes you don't have enough of either. So yep. it was just, yeah, no, but I, I will always love it and I will always treasure my experiences there. It's just, you know, th- there is just nothing like holding, you know, Amy or leopards are so rare and to hold a baby one is just Oh my goodness! I was driving home thinking about it that day, and I started crying. And then I had to pull over because the desert air and the wind—the dirt is so toxic that if you cry, <laughs> it makes your eyes water. So, <laughs> you don't uh, want to be driving like that. Yep. Basically,
1: <laughs> talking with best-selling author Dana Fredsty. You can find out more about her books at danafredsty.com. Dana, something else wonderful that you do besides being a mom. Uh, with your husband to lots of cats and a dog. Uh, You are also, and have been, a foster. And you want to confess to everyone what a foster fail is?
0: A foster fail is when you take in fosters. And, (laughs) you know, when you foster, you basically are socializing them and sometimes pulling them out of, uh, you know, basically, if you don't take them, they will die. They will get put to sleep in a shelter. And you then... Go to adoption events or you call all your friends and say, hey, got really nice kittens. Anyone want a kitten? Anyone want a cat? You know, make sure that you place them in good homes. When you fail is when you go, oh, oh, no, but this one is just so special and he or she will only love me. I have to keep them. (laughs) So, yeah, that's a fail. That's a fail. I will not say, in the end not in the end <laughs> no it's not in the end i don't regret any of ours and we have found homes for far more than than we kept when we were fostering but still yeah i'm looking around i see a few i see a few fails here so <laughs> <laughs> i know i've met them and i love them and yeah. the night
1: i met you when uh, we were discussing some publicity for perchance rescue uh-huh. uh, the night i met you there were a couple there and there were, you had quite a few foster kittens there, and um, some people came over, and you very nicely interrogated them. (laughs) They didn't know they were being interrogated, but I knew, and I was like, ooh, good job, Um, and then you had a couple where you looked at me, and you said, those aren't getting adopted by anyone, (laughs) and your husband said, what?
0: (laughs) Oh, Yeah, that must have been right before we made the decision to adopt uh, Misi and Murderball, uh, Misi short for Khaleesi, so... It was yeah. Khaleesi, Murderball, and and Vigo. He wouldn't have been there yet. Vigo was oh, our last oh, oh. foster was fail. Later? Okay. Um, yeah, Vigo was later. Um, and the others, I believe that perchance had dropped them off, I think that day, because uh, we were having the event here. Because right now, since we, you know, because of the foster fails, we, <laughs> instead of taking them in and fostering at this point, what we do is that we help hold adoption events when they can't have them at. Pet Food Express we have a place here where they you know we can have the kittens in and they can run around and people can meet them and and they're cute and comfortable and all that good stuff um so yeah there was a lot going on that night it was kind of a kind of a crazy night so oh Dana I remember that night and everything
1: went so smoothly and kittens got adopted that night the first night I met you kittens got
0: adopted they did indeed. They did indeed. We didn't keep them. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
1: Yay! And you knew that I was at full capacity and you knew not to give any kittens to me. <laughs> yeah, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> you did try, but then when you realized that, yeah, yeah no, no, no. Uh, I've talked a whole lot um, on each show about the amazing gifts that having an animal companion, I don't want to say owning, but... Uh, mm-hmm. Having an animal companion in your life gives you so many gifts. Fostering is a little different. So when you have a permanent animal companion in your home, there is mirroring that goes on. It can be different health aspects. It can be personality aspects, mm-hmm. character aspects. Um, and they know you and, and you communicate with each other mentally without words. With fostering, it's a little different different, what would you say would be um, some of the gifts
0: that are different that you've learned and received through fostering? I think for me, I mean, just on a personal level, it's, it's having these babies in my home and under my care and allowing myself to fall in love with them and knowing that, you know, they love me and still being able to then say, okay, you're going to another home now. And that, it's hard. I mean, it's a gift, but it's also, you know, I cry many tears whenever one of my foster babies has left me. But, it, you know, you, you get to you just, I, it sounds really silly, but you, you get to meet a lot of really, really just wonderful animals and personalities and, and you know, you know me. I, I think of my, my, my cats and my dog as my children just as much as any human child would be. And I've gotten to just really interact with a lot of really special little babies. So, And all
1: animals come into your life for a reason, and it can be very brief and it can be just to remind you of something or to teach you one thing. And then they say, all right, my work here is done. Now we're off to a permanent home. Cry and miss me, but I'm gone. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I think there's an important lesson there in in the art of letting go, of yeah, being absolutely. able Being able to love and show compassion and
0: care and, and give it up. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a hard one for a lot of people. It's a very hard one for me. And it's a one that I really needed to learn. So, Oh, how beautiful.
1: And your husband is also an author. So the two of you do a lot of work from home. Yeah.
0: How hard is it with uh, animals around to be (laughs) able to get work done? Well, you just have to figure out how to sometimes type with one hand. Um, I've got this special <laughs> little desk and my little Siamese, uh, Khaleesi likes to curl up under the desk, which is fine. Um, sometimes they're very distracting. Sometimes I swear that they are trying to get my attention when I'm trying to focus and they know what they're doing. Um, and it's not always that they want food. They're just bored. So it's a challenge. It's a challenge. We go to coffee shops sometimes, but on the other hand, I absolutely love it. So. Oh yeah. There's no other way. A lot of, the things
1: I do I do from home and when I've been working too hard and my brain is stretched and I'm just not coming up with the right words you know Mm -hmm. that I'm that I'm trying to write one of my cats will come and just walk across the keyboard and sit on the keyboard (laughs) because they feel my energy and they're just like mommy take a break
0: hello Hello. Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're so funny Yeah, I love it. And also you can work in your pajamas and the cats like that. So, yeah,
1: yeah. speaking of, uh, yeah, <laughs> you and I drink Chardonnay in our pajamas
0: and we love it. That's the only way to do it. <laughs> so.
1: And Remy, uh, back at the studio in Detroit, happens to be in his Santa hat and his <laughs> Christmas outfit. Right? I don't know if that outfit is right. An elf outfit comes to mind, but I don't believe he told us he was wearing an elf outfit. No, he did not specify elf. (laughs) (laughs) But I can picture it that way, can't I? (laughs) Love it. All right. Uh, So, Dana, we're getting close to being out of time. Out of everything with animals, what is something that you'd like to leave everyone with? And this can be as long as you'd like to make it
0: there's two things. One that, um, as a writer, you know, a lot of times we deal with subject matter in which it would be a potential choice as an author to, you know, for shock value, harm an an animal. The Dana Fredstee ironclad guarantee is that the cats and the dogs, the animals will not be harmed in the writing of of my books. Um, the cats will never be you. Left behind, I call that the Ripley promise, never leave the cat behind. And second, if you have animals, if, if you have a chance to, you know, be a caretaker for say a feral cat colony, don't buy into, you know, the real easy solution, which is call the pound, take your animals to the pound, you know, I, be compassionate. These animals are not here for us to use. We were not given dominion over the earth, you know, to I don't think we were given dominion over the earth in the first place. But if we were, it, it then that should come with compassion and care for animals and um, get sh- get your cats and dogs fixed, love them, and never ever take them for granted because you get more from them than you ever realize. I think so. Dominion comes with responsibility. Yep,
1: <laughs> and people <laughs> people claim the dominion but then they don't go for the responsibility.
0: Certainly not the compassionate responsibility. And I think that their responsibility stops short of what they want at the moment. So yeah. Correct. Little cynicism there. Anyway, love your animals.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, and thank you for never harming an animal in your books. You're welcome. Thank you, Dana Fredstee. Find out more about her work at Dana That's D A N A F R E D S T I. Dot. You can also hit her up on Facebook and on Instagram. And thank you so much for hanging out with me on Mind Body Pause, Holistic Living for You and Your Animals. I'm Charlie Kale. Check out my Reiki business, Energy Healing for People in Paws, for in person or distant healing sessions for people or animals at charliekale.com. That's C H A R L Y kayl and you can find past shows on there as well as on my page at empower radio. And please connect with me on social media. Thank you, Brent Carey, CEO of empower radio for all you do. And Remy Smith at the controls back in the studio in Detroit for your sense of humor and your love of animals and letting me think of you of uh, being sitting there in an elf outfit. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> And remember, no matter what's going on with your animals, don't beat yourself up thinking that you could have done better because you are doing the best you can. They know it, and they chose you anyway, and they love you for it. Mind Potty pods is a guilt-free zone. See you next time.